This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by British Petroleum. Today known as BP, the British multinational oil and gas company, found in jolly old London, England, and serving you fresh, uninhibited natural gas for your home, for your stovetop, for whatever you might need it for. It's British Petroleum paving the way. Thanks for sponsoring Ear Buddies. I'm Miley Stewart. And I'm Hannah Montana. And this is the best of both worlds. You get the limo out front, Matt. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, being famous. Hottest styles, every shoe, every color. Every color. Being famous can be kind of fun. Kind of fun. It's really you, but no one ever discovers. That's... Um, you know, we're talking about Miley Cyrus today, obviously. Welcome to Ear Buddies, everybody. Uh, we, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to doff the cap though, right? To a great original theme song. Yes. That lays out the premise so clearly. Dude, a hundred, it, that's so is a, important. That, it's a dying, if not dead art. Mm. Uh, I wish, I wish that they would do that. For other shows still. I wish that I was watching Game of Thrones. Bro, do you know how helpful it would have been on Game of Thrones if every week it opened with those chess pieces moving across, but a guy was, like, explaining who the Targaryens are, who Eddard Stark is? It would have been so helpful. Would have helped. Like, it's a great theme song, but uh, set it... Put some words in there and let us know what's going on. Like... (laughs) Hannah Montana. That's the whole. The, everything you need to know is basically there in that in that first verse. In some ways, you're just like all your friends, but on stage, you're a star. You get the best of both worlds. Bingo. Unbelievable. That's helpful, and that is why, at least in part, Miley Cyrus today is uh, one of the one of the uh, most important female pop stars working. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say, if pressed. She is a nepo baby. Ooh, we're starting there, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. You know, Matt, you and I were way ahead of the curve on oh, this discourse. Yes. First of all, Tim, let's actually start uh, a little further back and pat ourselves on the back here once this again. I, oh, I, I, I feel, I feel his spirit inside <laughs> me. This is a see. I told you so moment, right? Uh, yeah. We, we were, we were calling this out. Years, literally years before, uh, who was it? New York Magazine yep, or, or? Yep, yep. I mean, welcome, welcome to the party. Thanks for catching up. Yep. Took you long enough. Glad you all figured out what we already were talking about, as usual. As I'm gonna say it always. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So fine, good for us. But yeah, I guess so. Tim, she she is a 
Nepo, short for nepotism. Thank you. Uh, baby. Because her dad mm-hmm. is a gentleman by the name of Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, uh, William. Yep. Perhaps most famous for being on Lil Nas X's famous tune, <laughs> Old Town Road. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that is that is the apex. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the first thing on his tombstone at this point, I think. <laughs> Billy Ray's your dad. I mean, Dolly Parton is your godmother. Yeah. And Disney is your first employer. <sighs> the mouse. <laughs> Almighty mouse. I can almost see it. That dream I'm dreaming. But there's a voice inside my head saying, you'll never reach it. We can... Uh, we can stand in respectful fear of Walt and his mouse, but we do have to. Uh, we do. We should say that that mouse can spot talent. Oh, and how <laughs> uh, rare! Rarely does the mouse miss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mouse. The hand of the mouse is like <laughs> one of those claws, those claw machine things at an yeah. arcade, yeah. and and <laughs> it dips in. And it grabs a little blonde head, and it <laughs> drops it into the uh, receptacle. And nine times out of ten, th- that's a star. That's a They're bona fide. Right. I mean, that's a, a star is born that day. Yes. I guess I was in what middle school or high school when Hannah Montana becomes kind of a big deal. Um, and so it sort of passed my, uh, when I was really closely studying what was happening on the Disney Channel. What about you, Matt? Yeah, so, I mean, Tim, you and I are basically the same age. Um, mm-hmm. But as it happened, I was working with a lot of children uh, at that time. Ah, and, okay. And Disney Channel was always on. Mm-hmm. And Hannah Montana was almost always on so i saw i want to say probably every episode um multiple times okay so i yeah i'm i'm familiar i i i get it i followed it as it was happening once again kudos to the mouse the idea, right as iTunes, right as the iTunes music store is kind of as, as big as it will ever be, launching a television show that has original music that you can just dump tunes week after week onto the internet uh, in front of impressionable young children, I mean, that's a money machine. Crazy. That's a mint right yeah. there. Miley came out of Hannah Montana at age 18 with $134 million to her name. Matt, what would you do with that kind of money? Invest, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> Give me more of it. You got to be smart with that's it. That's not right? enough. Let it work for you. <laughs> Get that passive income, baby. <laughs> that's right. Never work a day again. But that's not what Miley did, Matt. Miley used that cash, that nest egg, and she did the she did what I think is now the er post Disney career move, which is get edgy. Yep. Right. 
rebel against the mouse. Yes. So, you know, I'll paint just sort of a tone poem picture here of Miley twerking against Robin Thicke at the VMAs or whatever it was. Miley swinging nude on a wrecking ball for her smash hit wrecking ball. Miley doing a lot of drugs uh, in her dead pets era. You know, this is... Was she a groundbreaker here, Matt? Did, did, is she the one who kind of invented that arc for a Disney kid? Buddy, thank you for asking. So here's... here's It's a great question. Because uh, she was not the first to uh, be released from the chains of the mouse, of course. Of course. Uh, but we had people like... For example, a fan favorite Hillary Duff, mm. um, mm-hmm. or less fan favorite Christy Carlson Romano, um, <laughs> <laughs> or whoever. And sure, and they—I mean, heck, Britney Spears and the Mickey Mouse Club, you know, Timberlake, uh, right? Yeah, and everybody they, is so everybody is so sexless when they're associated with the mouse. Yes, as one must be. Um, right, but. These people before Miley, and this is this is a generalization, but it's mm-hmm. there's some truth to it. I think when they were freed, they made some. It seems like to a man, they made the calculated moves to kind of uh, continue their career with um, the platform that the mouse had given them. Right. Right. Um, and they were they were free. In the sense that their contract was up and and they didn't have to answer to Mickey anymore, <laughs> but they, in some in some ways, you wouldn't really have known it, right? Mm. At least not for a while. Right. Miley, sort of. I mean, not not. I guess not the day she left the Disney offices, maybe. Epcot, right? Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Headquarters. Um, <laughs> But she made it very, very clear yeah. that she was no longer under contract to the mouse. Um, and rebel she did. I mean, it was, I think it was a playbook that nobody else has been brave enough to follow since. She wrote the book and mm-hmm. and no one really has, I mean, to this point, has had what it takes to, uh, to follow her instructions on that. So, you know, in, in the mid-aughts, you know, uh, in, you know, she, Hannah Montana has given her a platform. It's given her a great deal of money. She releases some studio albums as Miley Cyrus now. Uh, three of them were under under the mouse's uh, tent still. You yes. know, and that's where we got, that's where we got stuff like The Climb mm. and even par- Party in the USA. Yeah, right. she's partying, <laughs> but that was not that much of a party. I don't think that was a Hollywood record style party. That's right. Yes, um, that was. The, it's just. It is just punch. There's nothing in the punch. And but then Matt in 2013, it's it's bangers time. Here we go. 
And I already mentioned it, but Wrecking Ball, Wrecking Ball is an amazing tune. We clawed, we chained our hearts in vain. We jumped, never asking why. We kissed, I fell. What do you think about this tune, pal? Oh, I honestly think it's the best song of that year. Don't you ever say I just walked away I will always want you I can live a lie Running for my life I will always want you I came in like a wrecking ball I never hit so hard in love You know, that song has the courage that I think songs today just don't have mm. which is to start so spare I mean it it is a full 45 seconds before you actually get like anything resembling a beat and and the chorus is so huge and so effective yes uh, oh, it comes in like a wrecking ball it only right it does and it only works that well I think because the verse is pretty um it's it weighs nothing yes the delayed gratification in this one boy wonderful really really good uh so it's it's bangers man it's bangers with a z it's miley's fourth studio album it's the one where it's the one where she is no longer uh in the grips of of mickey and Donald and Goofy and the gang. That's right. And, 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 and you can tell, does, you know, I mean, because her hair was still long and, and brown uh, for those the first three <laughs> yeah. studio albums. But mm-hmm. no, this is... Miley has changed. And, and very mm-hmm. obviously, she's got a, a shock of bright blonde hair on the top of her head. She's got mm-hmm. some tats. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you said it yourself, Tim. She's swinging around naked on a, on a wrecking ball. Yeah. And the album, I believe, goes triple platinum. Like it's a, it's a bona fide hit. Her understanding of how to reinvent, uh, and how to keep eyeballs on you at the right time, all this. I think it's, I think the bangers era for Miley is kind of a masterclass in like publicity, and I already said the word reinvention, but I think it's an important word when we talk about her, um, because. This album is just one of many shades and genres and masks that she puts on um, or over the next 10 years here. And somehow it always works. Uh, Buddy, this is this is the meat of it right here. Let's Mm -hmm. uh, let's sink our teeth in, if you don't mind. That is exactly right. It is reinvention. There's not a, there's not really a, a better word for it, and so we, we can continue to say it. The Bangers era, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, a lot of success from that came from courting the, the public in the way that she was, and with the, you know, controversies and the new look and the uh, nudity and the, uh, you know, sort of her, her antics in public, I suppose... Yes. I don't know. I don't want to go so far as to say she had a plan like Taylor Swift perhaps mm-hmm. might have. But I, yeah. But her instincts uh, were completely correct. And I'm going to go so far as to, uh, you know, supporting what you were saying. It always worked. Yes, yeah, smoke pot. And yeah, people might disagree with me. 
Um, right. But now it's not always um, triple platinum. But she's not trying to be. She's not really interested. It seems like in being a traditional pop star. No. I mean, maybe she was in 2013, and and I think it's safe to say that she was. She had a a few big old tunes there, had a big tour. And what does she do? But two years later, Matt, she (laughs) hooks up with Wayne Coyne, lead singer of the Flaming Lips. Yes, exactly. And releases Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. The album cover is just, it's its wretched. It's atrocious. <laughs> it is a psychedelic um, mess, I guess. Yes, it's a, it's a mess. It's a huge mess. And it's the sort of thing, Matt, that I think you can only do when you've made $130 million before age 18. Oh, yeah. And expect to come back from it. Well, and see, that's that's what I think is is fascinating. Because saying that it always worked, uh, yeah, you've you've got to really have context with that because... Of course, it didn't always work in the sense that it was always a massive commercial success and critically adored. But that was not, there was no way that was the goal. Miley was having a great time. And she was, I don't know if you remember this, Tim. I don't know how how plugged in you were uh, back in the day. But, like, there was... There was a lot of discussion going on about Miley. Has has she mm-hmm. lost her mind? Has she right. lost her talent? Who is letting her do this? She's so young. This is she's hanging out with the flaming lips and taking acid. What this is terrible. She's naked in these pictures. She, mm-hmm. you know, she looks she's so beautiful, but she looks so terrible, right? All these <laughs> all these things and we were really talking about them thinking yeah. as a culture uh, not once, but a number of times that Miley has gone off the deep end. Mm. But, no, she had not. Absolutely. She she was just doing whatever she wanted. Yep. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of artistic freedom and, uh, I don't know if courage is exactly the word, but just the willingness to issue... Uh, anything, you know, marketable. <laughs> yep. Like, you know, she's not going to get radio play with the flaming lips and, like, you know, openly discussing, like, party drugs and stuff. Like, that's obviously beyond the mainstream, right? Um, and and I, I would say deliberately so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She simply was not interested in another gigantic uh pop hit on the on the merits of it existing at all i think you can say this is uh this was good yes i think i I believe that it had the desired outcome her desired outcome and and then and then but you know that was in what 2015 right yeah and then two years later she comes out with younger now 
mm. which which is a little bit of a drop in the bucket as far as Miley discography. Like this this was an album that was just like I don't know, sort of. I mean, much softer, you know, and and sort of oh, co- but, country again. But, yes, Matt, the song Malibu. I mean, yes. I never came to the beach I stood by the ocean I never sat by the shore Under the sun with my feet in the sand But you brought me here And I'm happy that you did To know that one piece of bread in this sandwich is Wrecking Ball And another piece of bread is Malibu and the meat in the middle of it is Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. I can't imagine an, a more insane sandwich. How? It's, yes. It's crazy that she could slingshot from there to there to here. Yes. Yes. That's you, like, Matt, the album art, I, I beg you right now to go just Google Miley Cyrus Malibu single art. Look at the picture of, look at the picture of Miley Cyrus here. That is a that album art is something that you see in a Christian bookstore. <laughs> Matt, exactly. It looks like she's like, she, you know, it's look as it looks like the book cover of like how I got clean and found God, right? <laughs> but like, it's so funny because she. Well, and then and then to add one more, uh, I guess, thing at some you know somewhere in the sandwich. Uh, a few years after that, she she does Plastic Hearts, which is just rock and roll. Yes, and, and so there. This is not at all like uh, you can. I, I think it's impossible to intelligently view this this slingshot, which I think is the mm-hmm. term rather than arc, uh, as like some sort of mistake. And she was trying to come back to her roots. No, she wasn't. Like she did Dead Pets, and then Younger Now, and then I mean there were a couple other uh, things in between between 2017 and 2020. But then, yeah. then. She does hard edge Joan Jett style like mm-hmm. rock, and and it's just really it's fascinating and fabulous to to kind of see this and see what her decisions are going to be, uh, because it's just stuff that she wants to do when she wants to do it. Sometimes I'm- really talked about this yet but i think part of the recipe for success here is i love miley's voice she's got a really standout voice like that low alto um it works man and and she she does good stuff with it i know she's gotten like banged for it by some people like it 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 doesn't rub everybody right but i think she knows its versatility and obviously it's versatile if she can go into every single, you know, subgenre of rock and pop and, you know, drop like an authentic album that sounds really good. Like she just she uses her instrument really well. Um, I mean, everybody has pointed to like the video of her covering Jolene mm, yes, uh, yes. as as kind of like one of those like revelatory clips where if you didn't know that Miley was talented, suddenly yeah. you did. Jolene, 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 Jolene. 
Thank you for bringing that up. That's that's important to, to mention. Also, it's always annoying when those things sort of pop off and mm-hmm. you're like, I mean, I, I get it, right? But like, we did know that Miley could sing for like a long time. <laughs> right. So what what's the shock here? But yeah, I mean, that's that's I think that's very true as well. Like it, it's, you know, we're talking about timbre here. The timbre of her voice mm-hmm. is very distinctive and cannot be mistaken for anybody else. And, and yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I think there are times with maybe some poppier stuff where I'm like, huh, an interesting voice to hear over something like this, right? But that doesn't make it like bad. It just makes it Miley's, right? And yes. and of course, you know, when she's doing um, I guess most obviously like country or more lately like rock. You're like it's a real like she's got a a strong like powerhouse of a voice mm-hmm. in real life. And yeah, she she uses that absolutely to her advantage kind of again however she wants to uh and i guess this takes us to to today uh we are only a few days removed from the release of miley's latest single uh the lead single on her new album endless summer vacation and i guess she you know it's another transformation it's another reinvention here to what i guess is like disco pop we were good we were cold Kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right. Tell me why. How are you feeling about this one, Matt? I think it's good. Uh, to me, it. It's, yeah, it's good. To me, it's good. It, it. It swings a little bit close to the current uh, trends um, for me to really kind of be blown away by it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I do. It's it's got a little bit too much Dua Lipa. Yeah, 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 exactly. Here's here's my thought with this though. Like, please, it's uh, I hate I hate to say this. But and I and I don't mean this in a negative way. I don't think for Miley that it's necessarily all about the tunes. Mm. Um, and I say that I guess not not all about the tunes, like in and of themselves, right? Uh, I think that her reinventions, her constant reinventions, are now so much a part of her public image that. To try out new stuff is just what she's going to do kind of forever now. And to that I say, hallelujah, let's let's have it. You know, so so this yeah. this song in itself, and may, you know, if this album is, is all sort of 70s tinged, you know, post post new disco, um, uh, great. That's fine. Like this is this woman yeah, let's, did dead pets, you know? Right, let's get it out and, and be done with it, and then she can move on to, like, yeah, her country album. Exactly, and and she's got the time, she's got the talent, she's got the collaborators. What I think, you know what, Tim, here's here's going to be the bomb I'll drop uh, for this episode. And I, I've done a, a, lo- a decent amount of, of internet trawling to see if anyone has said this before. And perhaps they have, but it's not... 
it's not uh, SEO'd very well. So <laughs> I think I, I think this is my personal and original idea. Uh, we know, we all know that Harry Styles is, you know, kind of trying to be like David Bowie. Yes. There is not an artist today with more parallels to David Bowie than Miley Cyrus. Oh, Matt, I love this. I think... I, I love this and I want you to go on. Yes, I, I think that... Uh, because, uh, again, and, and, and a number of artists did this successfully and famously, but Bowie is the one uh, that we refer to when we're talking about reinvention. He had all these different personas, right? He was the Thin White Duke. He was Ziggy Stardust. He was uh, Halloween Jack. He was all... He, and these were different characters. And, yes. and they were, it was different costumes, different uh, makeup, and different genres. He would do a different thing, release a new album, and it would be a different kind of guy doing a different kind of music. And it was always David Bowie. Much like Miley, he wasn't concerned about uh, tracing a coherent or cohesive narrative for his own musical career, right? Uh-huh. He, he, it's, it's not like it makes more sense for... Uh, you know, Black Star, I guess, uh, his last album, to right. have come out, you know, at the exact time it did to, to uh, support some broader narrative arc. He just was doing stuff, and that's what he wanted to do. And I feel like if we're going to be talking about a modern, alive artist who is doing that sort of thing, Harry, you've lost the game already, buddy. There's like you, mm. you, we already know your deal. You're not, you haven't strayed too far from it. Perhaps you could, but Miley is slingshotting, and so was David Bowie. And I think that's very cool because it's it's exciting. It's always going to be unexpected. I mean, no one is no one is able to make a bingo card with mm. Miley's next move on it. Whereas, right. I mean, and I might as well just since I'm. In the middle of the sentence, keep it going. <laughs> Taylor Swift has an eras tour about what? What are your eras, oh. Taylor? Here are Taylor's eras: <laughs> country, uh, pop, sort of bad pop, acoustic stuff with the guys from the National, and then more pop, more bad pop. So that's that's not. Are you gonna do costume changes for that? Miley could do an Eras tour now and Ugh. actually have costume changes and have to change her backing band. You know, that's right. Yeah, you need a whole new band for every album. Yep. That's and that's thrilling. I don't. I feel like this other these other attempts at at uh, I guess controlling your personal narrative. Are are sort of toothless to me in light of in light of that. Well, it's just vibes. It's just um, 
it's just promotional artwork. You know, that's well, yes. that's all you're changing, really. Yep. And and so many artists do this, and we've I've you know I've praised uh, like Coldplay. You know how I ad- admire their ability to sort of pick a uh, pick a theme and run with it in it, in all of their promotional uh, materials and all their live stage setups and everything, their costumes and everything. Um, but the, at the end of the day, every single Coldplay album is a Coldplay album. 100%. Yep. Miley, you're exactly right, pal, is is the only one who is ac- who actually should be able to say this is my era's tour. I mean, that's that's a that's a huge bingo, my man. Yeah, I just and I, I just I think it's c- cool and it's great and and yes. to to be able to uh I don't know, to be able to have so much confidence and sort of lack the concern for uh you know the the i guess what the public is hoping for you know Mm -hmm. like her doing younger now after dead pets is almost i mean not even almost it's funny like that's yes it's a funny joke and not that not that the music is funny or, or bad or whatever but like She's not. She knows what she's doing and doesn't really care. It seems to me how she's perceived. And and I could be completely wrong. Maybe she is like Taylor Swift and that she has some grand master plan. But it seems like her instincts are constantly just uh, kind of on the money in the moment. Yes, she is intuitive. She's just following what makes sense to her at the time. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I think she has um, earned a lot of love from. You know the who's who in the industry for this, her, like her New Year's Eve special mm, yep. on NBC is is star studded. You know she's able to pull anybody up on stage with her. David Byrne was up there. Yeah, yeah. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. To the song. You know, she. I think people see what she's doing here. Her willingness to um, just follow the muse wherever it takes her, um, and say, "You gotta respect it." You know, even if you didn't like this album or that album, you have to respect the discography as a whole, how eclectic it is, and how willing she is to just do whatever the heck she wants. One hundred percent. Yep. It make it makes it. It's no surprise to me that she is like a darling in the music industry, even if she is not going to sell out stadium after stadium. Yeah. I and mean, there's there's a lot of integrity to that. I it's think. it's a really it's a really cool um, kind of uh, I guess place to be. Um, culturally and, and musically because you know she may not have the musical chops let's say uh, of other you know the pop artists then we see them playing you know 10 different instruments and and uh, you know a lot of them might uh, have studied uh, classical music and and know all this stuff and I don't think she is like that uh, mm-hmm. But she is really an artist's artist in that she's doing, she's following the muse wherever it takes her, and that is, that's something that you look at and 
even if, I mean, if you're an artist, you are sort of envious of that because that's the dream, right? And for other people, the public, it makes sense because it's authentic, it's honest, that that's where she is right now, and that's what she's going to give us right now. Ear Buddies will continue in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by BP. Hey, Matt. Hey. What are y'all doing tonight? I'm going to drive my gas truck to the store, buy a real steak, cook it on my gas stove, then lay my head down on a my pillow and make a few posts on Truth Social. Smiley face emoji. That's a tweet from John Rich of Big and Rich, <laughs> uh, a supporter <laughs> of gas. Among other things, but yes, the point here is gas. <laughs> Gasoline. No. Natural gas. <laughs> natural gas. And Matt, we'll have a lot to say about that that first word, natural, mm. in a bit. Uh, but first, I need your help, man. I have no idea what the deal is with, with the natural gas, the gas stove thing. The gas sure, stoves. Buddy. Yeah. I don't look. know. I see it a lot on the internet, but I have not been looking, really. I'll help you out. This This is a... A ripped-from-the-headline sort of ad break. Uh, and BP, like so many before them, uh, came to us and said, surely you see what's happening out here on the internet. Counter-messaging. And, and sure, right. Yeah, surely you understand the, the need for uh, ear buddies to, to talk a little bit about natural gas. Uh, mm-hmm. So what's going on, Tim, and I guess the rest of the Army? I don't know if you know this. Um I don't think you should, I don't know if you need to care, but we're being paid for this ad. Uh, basically, it, it, it seems as if um, people, Americans of a mm-hmm. certain stripe, are upset uh, because you know how Obama, well, he was going to take our guns away? Yeah, I remember that. Right. It didn't end up happening as far as I know, uh, but... There's fear now that his best friend and former roommate, Joseph Biden, <laughs> is going to do the same thing to the American people, but with their gas stoves. Because mm. they're recently, well, I say recently, there have been many studies like this. Basically, the idea is that people are saying, scientists yeah. are saying that having gas stoves in your home might not be the safest thing or the healthiest thing. Um, okay. And heck, Tim, I don't know about you, but hearing that from a scientist of all people gets me riled up. Uh, who are they to tell me, a taxpaying American citizen, right. that I could uh, negatively impact my health and the health of my family uh by having a cool 
gas stove mm-hmm. in my home. Yeah, I mean, my first question would be, what kind of scientist are you? Are you a steak scientist? Well, clearly not. Probably clearly not. Because I don't know. Right. Vegans. Yeah, pro- right. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, right. So here I see headline from Bloomberg, U.S. safety agency to consider ban on gas stoves amid health fears. So, okay. So they're coming for my stove. That's what you're saying. And that's why BP is here today? Yes, that's correct. All right. Thank you for explaining that to me, Matt. My pleasure. British Petroleum. Yeah. They've been around for a bit. Yeah. 1909. Whoa. Yeah. God bless them. And, you know, you may, you the listener may say, what about Deepwater Horizon? Or, you know, what about what about those pelicans covered in oil? Mm-mm. I would say, have you had a steak from a gas grill? That is worth, Tim, one well-cooked steak on a gas grill. (laughs) I'm just going to say this, is worth the lives (laughs) of... How many? 200 pelicans. Yeah. I won't say that, Matt. I'm glad glad someone did. (laughs) But I guess, I guess what I, here's the thing. That's that's one catastrophic oil spill in more than 110 years of existence as a company. One in over a century. And you're telling me that because of that, I should only be enjoying steaks from an electric grill from here on out? I guess... The math doesn't make sense to me. Just as a just as a regular old American citizen, Matt, I'm no I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist. Uh, I'm heck. I'm no mathematician. But doggone it, I just don't. Uh, I don't understand this one. Well, Tim, so few of us do. I mean, the, yeah, like you mentioned, the success rate uh, of BP, and by success, I, I'm I, my metric is not spilling oil into large bodies of water uh it's amazing that's that's what they are clearly they're better than the american auto industry than the uh airline industry uh, lots more failures there i would say and yet right. we're still flying and we're still driving cars so uh why why is it then that the government sees fit to take a simple uh, almost primitive pleasure away. Cooking with fire, right? <laughs> Cooking with real flames. Getting a piece of meat and putting it onto a cast iron skillet and mm-hmm. turning on my stove and it's real flames. It's not yep. like one of those induction, uh, you know, stove tops where you have to, it just glows a little bit and you're like, oh, is this on or not? And mm-hmm. and because how confusing to cook in such a way, and <laughs> and it's just like I'm Tim. Not only are we Americans, you and I, but we're we're men. Ah, we're, yes, we're, yes, we are red blooded American men, and mm-hmm. I can't imagine a future in which we're not cooking with gas, natural gas, natural and gas. And this is what I. This is where I wanted to. This is where I wanted to uh, to step in. Please. This is not some sort of synthetic, made in a lab nonsense. This is gas that is of nature. 
of the earth. So much of our lives, Matt, is 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 uh, it, manufactured. You know, people on their it's phones co- all the time. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. People on their phones all the time, looking at their computer screens. You need to get glasses that have this special tinting because you're you're looking at screens so often now that it's hurting your eyesight. All of this uh, constructed, you know, in in manufacturing plants uh, and designed to suck your attention and, and your brain and your heart away. And here's British Petroleum, doggedly digging into our earth, pulling up whatever they can, pulling up natural gas. And there it is. They, they bottle it up and they give it to you through some sort of pipe in your home. Just so you can enjoy, as you said, one of man's most primitive, simple, beautiful pleasures. Uh... Matt, I don't know if you're a religious guy. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but is that not as cl- is that not as close as we can come to t- to gazing upon the face of our Lord and Savior? <laughs> it literally is as close <laughs> as we can come on this earth. That is Garden of Eden gas. That is <laughs> that is from ancient time. It's been under the ground, waiting for us. Waiting, being being. Uh, Harvested from uh, dinosaur bones, mm-hmm. I assume, uh, mm-hmm. and and it, it, again, it's it is it's like magic. It's it's like religion, and yes, and I I just it infuriates me to think about these Biden G men coming into my house, cutting my gas line, and taking out my stove. Why? So I don't. Inhale too many of the fumes and and cause myself brain damage or or die in a, a, a preventable fire. When has that ever happened? Gas doesn't cause fires. <laughs> Again, we're not scientists, but it, we're just red-blooded <laughs> Americans who love a good steak. We love God. We <laughs> that's we right. Love natural gas. It's natural. It's there. How can it be? It's like, you know, when people... It's the same as the legalization of marijuana. If it comes from the earth, how can it be bad? Let me just <laughs> let me just leave, leave it here, Matt. Yeah. Molon Labe. From my cold, dead hands, anyone will take my stovetop. It's not happening, folks. It's BP. Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Welcome to another edition of Show and Tell. Matt, are we phoning it in by doing Show and Tell every time? I don't think so. I think it's a substantive, fun segment. I agree, and I know that everybody in the <laughs> army wants to hear some songs that we like. Yeah. Uh, would you do us the honors of going first? Certainly I will. Um so an album that was accidentally formative to me was, mm. uh, uh, let's see, it was called Hannah Montana 2, I believe, and uh-huh. it, was, it, was, uh, it was and remains a double album. 
Um, and one of the albums was by Hannah Montana, and the other was by Miley Cyrus. Ah, uh, fun. Phenomenal packaging and, and PR on <laughs> Disney's part, of course. Nobody's surprised. Um, but I used to listen to this album, Tim. Uh, the double album, like every track. Basically, mm-hmm. every day when I worked um, <laughs> with children, as I mentioned, and yes. and they were all such huge fans of Hannah and of mm-hmm. Miley and loved the tunes. And so I would be going about my business and my chores and my work, etc. And this album was playing on a loop for mm-hmm. about a year and a half. And so I have every song memorized, and I grew <laughs> to love the darn thing. And <laughs> so I will bring to the table today a classic Hannah Montana song, a Hannah Montana song, not a Miley mm-hmm. Cyrus song, called Nobody's Perfect. Yes. Everybody makes mistakes. I've been listening to this specifically to figure out how it was formative to you. And I mean, I am, yeah, you know, those strings at the beginning, that's smart. That's good. Well, you're going to hear this chorus in a second and you'll understand. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody gets that way. Yeah. Sometimes I'm in a jam. Oh, and that key change. That's painful. I do it anyway. No way to know for sure. Up the holes, but then it overflows. If I'm not doing too well, why be so hard on myself? Nobody's perfect. I gotta work it again and again till I get it right. Nobody's perfect. You're living, you learn it. And if I mess it up sometimes, nobody's perfect. Sometimes I work. So you see, okay, <laughs> what I see there. Okay, I do. I do. Okay, um, it's in the tradition of like, come on Eileen with a chorus in a different key than the rest of the song. I yes, love it. Yes, fabulous. Um, and, you know, it's, well, I didn't, realize, I didn't realize this until I was just uh, th- like looking it up again. Uh, but it has become the most successful single from the Hannah Montana franchise. Uh-huh. Um and hey, I get it. And I, <laughs> I also want to, as as we often do with these things, is peek a little bit behind the curtain. There's a, a very important person who I just want to mention. Uh, his name is Matthew Gerard, and he is a special kind of guy because he wrote this song, uh, but he was instrumental, no pun intended, in. Uh, the creation of basically the whole uh, Disney kid uh, thing during its heyday. He also wrote the following songs. Uh, Why Not by Hilary Duff. Um, a couple of them from Camp Rock. Oh, okay. One for Christy Carlson Romano. <laughs> uh, he, he wrote like, like a dozen or more uh, for the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> Uh, he wrote uh, one for Nick Carter. He wrote a number more for for Miley. He wrote "We're All in This Together" and "What Time Is It" 
for, uh, from High School Musical. Oh boy. Uh, also, also, he wrote Breakaway for Kelly Clarkson. So what? Yeah. How about that? Oh, this boy. guy really finger on the pulse when it came to whatever this was. Just He's wanted the to give maker. him a, a shout out. Yeah. What a tune, huh? What a tune. My show and tell, Matt, is a track from an album that I picked up as a 17-year-old boy, maybe a 16-year-old boy, at Hot Topic. Ooh. I was drawn to the album art. I, I loved the font uh, that the lettering is in for the band name. And I... Uh, sight unseen. I had never heard a track from this album. I I brought it to the counter. I purchased it. I put it in the CD player of my car or, or my parents' car. I, I don't know. Whatever. And I listened for a little while. And then I got to track number four, which sounds like this. <laughs> Let's drop! It's Metro Station. It sure is. And their tune, Shake It. I'll take you home if you don't leave me at the front door. <laughs> His vocals, I forgot. Your body's cold, but girl, we're getting so warm. And I was thinking of ways that I could get inside. Matt, when was the last time you listened to this song? Tim, uh, I'll be honest with you. It was last week. It really was. Um, I was doing some research for a different a different musical endeavor of mine. And this was a, this is basically a song that uh, means something to me. So I'm really glad you brought this to the table. I love, I first of all want to say how wonderful that time was back in the day when we would simply buy something at Hot Topic because that was probably what we were going to like. Because it felt right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I did. Uh, and, and I know, Tim, I know why you bring this one to the table, uh, to, you know, because of our subject matter, but would you please explain a bit further? Of course. Uh, Metro Station is a band, uh, a duo of a singer named Mason Musso and a bassist slash guitarist named Trace Cyrus, the older brother of Miley, another son of Billy Ray. I didn't know that when I bought this album, and it was a fun thing to discover. Uh, and it's it's fun now to to look at Trace's Wikipedia page. And just see that he, you know, like Miley, found his path and and walked it, you know? He sure did. This guy, this guy wanted to be in an emo band. And so Metro Station, you know, I'm sure he talked to the right people. He, uh, you know, knew people who knew people who could help him get on the radio. And, and, and Shake It was, I, I think, as I recall, a pretty successful tune. It, yeah, it absolutely was. Um, uh... 
And Tim, I don't know if you know this. Um, do you know who uh, Mason Musso is, other than the other person in Metro Station? No, I don't really. Okay, you would if you had watched Hannah Montana. Uh, Mason Musso has a brother named Mitchell Musso. And Mitchell uh-huh. Musso was the best friend slash love interest uh, on oh, I'm, Hannah Montana. I'm seeing this. <laughs> so this is all part of the Hannah Montana cinematic universe. Yes, the the, the grand plan, as I call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, isn't that fun? They just, I don't, those parties must have been real family affairs. <laughs> I, um... You know, I can't say that Trace has had the uh, the star-studded career that Miley has. Maybe even that uh, that Billy Ray has. Um, but he, at at the very least, he released an album that a young sixteen-year-old in North Dakota who really liked emo but was kind of scared of emo and uh, definitely scared of metal. Uh, yep. He released an album that looked to be right up that kid's alley. (laughs) And that kid was right. And um, that's worth something, I think. Yeah, it's a, it is a great, it's a great tune. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what else to say. It is. That Cyrus family, man. Nothing but talent. Yep, unbelievable. Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy.